Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. So you answer those two questions. Let's pray. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive and together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding come forth in and through your word in Jesus' name. We're answering one question today. Who can a Christian marry? Who can a Christian marry? And we, we want to deal with this because I think it's very important. Most of us are at that age. We're having those conversations. We're, we're, we're having those discussions People are approaching us where that is concerned. We're having these plans. And I'm going to say a lot of things in between because I really want to pour my heart out to you tonight. And let me tell you this. It does not take money to get married. Anybody who says it's because of money I'm not married, they don't yet want to get married. That's the truth. Because for every marriage ceremony, there is, there is your size. There is what you can afford. Are you following? And you also will not get help until you take the first step. So you will not, uh, you will not receive support until you take the first This is for guys especially. A, a lot of guys feel, when I have more money, that's when I will get married. See, you, you might likely never have that money, except you're working in a very good firm. You know I mean, but if you are the average guy like us... <laughs> You might never have that bulk money to come and do the marriage. And you realize that the money you are even spending alone, if you have someone, you are also spending that money. It's just that that money being spent is not officially recorded. <laughs> do you understand? So, let's say you are, you are in a relationship now, right? You are, the, the lady's phone, you changed it. You help her with recharge card. You send some money to her. You see, what I'm saying, those money are not recorded in your invoice. But if you were married, those money would have been recorded that you are taking care of your wife. So, what is stopping you from doing that within the context of a legal framework? It's just the fear that marriage is expensive or to settle down is expensive. No, it's not expensive. You're already living the life. It's just that it's not on the record books. And I always told my friends this, which is true, that taking care of a girlfriend is way more expensive than taking care of a wife. That's why you realize that once people get married, it's not as if they don't like going out. Right? When people get married, they go out once in a while, they buy stuff, they take care of It's once in a while. But if you have a girlfriend, it's almost weekly. Oh, when we have not gone out this week. We have not gone out that week. And you see, when you check the economic um, value of that stuff, in, in your... In your definition is romantic. So it's, it's romance. You're going out. You're eating out. It's, it's romantic. It's good. It's nice. But you realize that immediately you get married, what you now define as romance now changes. Because it's that same girl that will tell you, yeah, we've eaten out two, three times. We can cook soup with it. See, what, what is happening is you are now thinking of building. You're not thinking of spending. Do you follow what I'm saying? I'm just trying to remove that notion that you don't have money to marry. It's because you don't want to marry. 
It's not that you don't have money because you already are spending that money. All of us here. You already are spending that money. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay. What are some foundational framework you should have in your mind? Number one, marriage is beautiful and exciting. This is important. Marriage is beautiful and exciting. You see, I don't care what kind of home you grew up from. I don't care what you read in the news media. Marriage is beautiful and exciting. Now, pay attention to this. The media never promotes good marriages. Everything you read online, you will never... Before you will read of one person who is married for 70 years, you would have read of 70 people that are divorced. So, please, pay very close attention. As a child of God... You don't use what is on the media to determine your marriage. Media promotes failed marriages. Media promotes abusive marriages. Because that's what we trend. If we say these people have been married for a hundred years, they won't get one million likes. It's just a few people that will say, Amen, Amen, uh, more grace. But if you say, Pastor breaks wife's head, drives woman away, 1 million likes, 1 million shares. What I'm trying to say is that of all those failed marriages you're seeing and you're reading, they are not the true picture of marriage. There are people who have been married for years, beautiful, enjoying their marriage. It's not the duty of media to promote those people. Even as Christians, we don't talk about those people all the time. So you realize this, and you've got to deal with this. Almost every time marriage comes up, there is always a negative connotation to it. People are more scared about marriage. And that keeps a lot of people from making the right decisions. You know, every time, when we're in school, I always told, I wasn't this who was big on having relationships all the time. I, I mean, I think maybe God just helped me in that area because I saw people with all kinds of emotional issues. And if I'm doing something, I do it with all my life. I knew that <laughs> I didn't have that life to, to put in and pull out and pull in and pull out. You know, but I, I always told my friends that, listen, I would have a good marriage. I would marry right. It was just foundational. It wasn't, it wasn't something I picked up because, you know, maybe I grew up in a very fantastic home or I had, I had, I had people all around me who had broken marriages. But I knew that life ultimately was based on choice. I'll tell you this. Every person who had a broken marriage, when you hear them talk, they'll say, Nami Chuzam. Am, am I right? They say, ah, it's my choice. So that told me, that told me that, listen, the most important thing to control in getting married is the choice of the person. So if there were broken marriages because of wrong choices, all I needed to do was to make the right choices. Right? Now, if you go back, if you look at it logically, if I made a wrong choice and I have a funny marriage, it means I need to find out why did my mother make this choice. Because if I know the things that influenced her choices, then I can have the right influence. And she mentioned something. She mentioned financial responsibility. You know, financial responsibility can make you marry someone who is financially responsible but emotionally bankrupt so should financial responsibility be the primary reason why you make a decision no you can marry a foolish rich, a foolish rich man so you would have the money you will be okay but all other aspects of your life are what destroyed she talked about peer pressure 
So, are you, are you following what I'm trying to say? So, the institution of marriage is not bad. It's the people involved in it that are. So, what you now have to work on is what is framing your choice. What is influencing your choice of this woman or that woman? Okay? Let me follow my notes. So, you must renew your mind where this is concerned. Romans 12.1. I really wish I was sitting this in church. Romans 12, renew your mind. God's vision for marriage is that of a place where a culture of two is created. Marriage is about sharing our lives, about the oneness that emerges from that shared culture. Marriage becomes the central situation in which we grow to become what God intends us to be. The context in which we also lovingly raise our children to know Him. So, so listen to this. Marriage is doing life together. I, I, I mean, I might be a bit old school, but I differ very completely when people see all about marriages were wearing the same shirt, were snapping the same picture, were on each other's back. Those are beautiful expressions of marriage. But you know what? Marriage is about doing life together. Having an expression of oneness. Creating an environment where children, you know, can be raised in the fear of the Lord. Creating a place where you can... Have conversations where you can grow, where you can develop. It's not so much now. What media promotes a lot as marriage is the romantic aspect of marriage. So a lot of people over the years, that is their picture. That is what they look for in marriage. What they just look for in marriage is the romantic aspect of it. And that's why most relationships are sex-driven. Because, for instance, now, you're here. If you're going out with a girl and you say, oh, kiss me, and the girl says no, the next question will be, if you really love me, you will kiss me. That's the next question. Am I right, girls? I'm not right. I'm not right. I'm right. I know I'm right. I know I'm right. You know why? Because every definition of a wonderful relationship in media, how does it end up? With people smooching each other, with people kissing, people in each other's arms, and our novels, that's how it's defined. So, um, we, I mean, whether you like it or not, we all grow up with that picture of love. This is love. And that's why you can find out that a lot of good girls can end up with very very bad guys who are not even believers and you wonder how did this Christian sister fall for this person the person just know how to play all the games so that's why from day one you must set your sail you must set your sail you must know hey this is what I'm looking for this is what I'm looking for this is what I'm looking for it helps to guide your decisions so like I usually tell the people close to me before your emotions go too far that you will draw them you already set your sail this is a no-go area. This is a no-go area. No, this one, no, this one, no. I always talk about this girl that I wanted to marry. We're, we're getting a bit close in my youth service day, but she's she's this career. She loved career. She's still in the bank till today. And then we were talking one day, and she said, what's your, I mean, and she talked about her career and everything, and I knew, no, <laughs> it won't work for me. Now, she was not a bad girl, but she will not help my purpose. So imagine like I married a banker. Do you think I'll be doing ministry the way I'm doing ministry now? Absolutely no. So the, the thing about marriage is this. It's not about you are choosing from bad and good people. No. You are choosing from a lot of good people, but you're finding who can help your purpose. 
That's the idea as a Christian. Are you following what I'm saying? So I just knew for me, it wasn't... And when I talked to Sister Mary, Sister Mary is homely. She's a home person. She's home. Let's stay at home kind of person. And I know for my call, that would work. Because I'm the outgoing person. I'm the, I'm the traveling person. So imagine I'm traveling this way and I have a wife who is building a career up there. What do you think is going to happen to the kids? What do you think? To be on their own. Okay? So I'm just saying that you need to have, the, the, these things need to be values. There is a right person for you. God has one person. God has the right person for you. Let me just put it, put it that way. Okay? I'm not a large family kind of person. I'm not somebody who wants to look back and I see seven children behind me. No. I'm compact. Keep it small. Keep it manageable. Keep it as compact. Now imagine you now, you're now going out with a woman who she's the only girl and the mother has said you are the one that all the children that are supposed to come through this family will come through. Do you understand? Now she might be a good person but that disconnect will be there. Are you following what I'm saying? So there are certain markers. There are certain markers. Now, some things you can be flexible about. I mean, things like children can be discussed. I personally wanted to have only one child, which was carries. In that sense. My wife said, no, minimum should be two. So there's flexibility there. Of course, there was no way we would do four. Um, my own family were five. And <laughs> great is my father's fate. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Now, your picture, there is a picture in your heart. And there are framework that will guide that picture. And those are the conversations you should have very early. Those are the conversations that you should have very early. Let's go. Number two, after salvation, the most important decision you will make will be who to marry. After you've accepted the Lord Jesus... The most important decision you would make in your life is who to marry. This is not to breed fear in your life. It is rather to create a consciousness of care. To be careful in the decision making process. Okay, we're not saying be afraid. Listen to me. None of you here under my teachings should be afraid of marriage. Marriage is beautiful. It's a good thing. But the reason we're having all these conversations is that, listen, it's something that we want you that once you get in, you are not looking for the nearest window out. So, it's an important decision that you should take time to make. Don't just make it by your feelings. Don't just make it because you're getting old. Don't make it out of pressure. Be conscious about it. Alright? Be conscious about it. So, after you are born again, the next most important decision is who you marry. Because who you marry is your future. So I married, I married pretty early, right? We married for 14 years. So imagine I do, I live for another 80 years. Eh? Can you imagine? It's only me and sister Mary, me and sister Mary, for the next 80 years. <laughs> do you understand? So your future, all, all, all of us, none of us married here except me, right? So all of us here, all the future you are preparing for, all the school you are going to, all the, everything you have, you know, all the hustle, let me use your word, everything you are doing now, you are going to spend it with one person. Don't you think the choice of that one person needs to be carefully made? It needs to. 
He needs to. Because your future is going to be with this person. So it's an important decision. Now, like I said, it's not to breed fear. It's to make you careful. To make you careful. To think your decision properly. And that is why I always advise, especially with ladies who are close to me, I always advise, before your emotions go, do your thinking. Do your thinking. Before you, your emotions go, do your thinking. Because once your emotions go overboard, pulling them back. Even for guys, once you, in quote, are falling in love with someone, pulling them back, it's difficult. So, just tick your boxes. Do this. So, this is the way I, I mean, I'll just share some stuff with you. This is the way I worked, right? They were setting, they were setting conversations I did not have with people who I felt would not tick my box. There were certain conversations we did not have. We just kept things the way they should. I had friends. I had friends who were ladies. I had, we were just friends. But there were certain conversations. There were certain moments. There were certain things I did not just allow. Because I knew that by the time those conversations came up, those moments were allowed, those were moments you were letting your guards down. Those were moments you were just chilling. Those were moments where before you know, you've just loved the person. Alright, so you want to find out, does this person, if, so the one question I always ask myself is, let's assume I now fall in love with this person. Can I marry this person? If the answer is yes, then it's fine. If the answer is a no, then of course. <laughs> of course, then you know what to do where that is concerned. And this is for every one of us, right? Number three, the choice of a marriage partner is your sole responsibility and your choice. Please. Many times people get married and they blame everybody else. It's because my uncle said he's a good person. Listen, your uncle will not stay in the same house with your wife. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Even as a pastor, hmm? you know the last thing I always tell my sisters when they want to get married, when they come to meet me and they say, I mean, it's in very rare cases I tell people, no, you can't marry this person. Very rare cases. I hardly... I just... What I always tell people, I mean, it's like all of you here. If you bring anybody that you want to marry, I'll tell you, go ahead. You know why? I'll just feel like, listen, I've taught you enough to make the right choice. If after everything I've taught, after all my books, you now go and bring this person. It's not me now that I'm going to, Harry, am I right? <laughs> yeah. Harry brought someone to me. And Harry was like, Pastor, what do you think? I said, Harry, I'm not thinking. All the thoughts I should have been thinking is in my books. Is in So I trust your choice. It's in rare cases, very rare cases that will say, hey, this one is not working. But, you see, because by the time you are bringing someone, you have already crossed the line. You are not bringing the person to test. You have already, do you understand? But, so, how you make that choice is critical. How you make that choice is critical. So the choice of a marriage partner is your sole responsibility and your choice. Own it. Don't blame your pastor. Don't, do you understand? Own your choice. And let me tell you, um, let me tell you, this, this is why a lot of guys and a lot of people, men, let me use the word men, let me talk to us men. That's why a lot of men sometimes behave the way they behave. They almost feel like they are doing the, the girl a favor by marrying the girl. So when things go wrong, they always are standing in that position. Do you know who God spoke to about Eve? Adam. What did Adam do? Says the woman you gave me. 
That's the number one problem in marriage when people don't own their choices. And even that time I wanted to marry you, I was even thinking, are you the right person? But my man of God now says you are the one. Yeah, listen, listen. I pastored for, I pastored for fourteen years. All right. I've had to, I've had to cancel marriages where the man said it's because a man of God prophesied. I've had to cancel marriages where the person said, left for me is because my mother says she likes you. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So, all those things, eh, cut them off. If anybody's saying you want to marry me, and the person is a guy, stand the person under the sun and tell them, listen, will you assume responsibility for your choice? Is it because my mother, your mother likes me or your family likes me? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you this. If a man likes you and his family does not like you, you will try. See, sister May that is there. There is no family from her side. Let me use my side. There is nobody in my family that I close my eye and I die. Nobody can meet her that uh, they, they, they can't try it. There's no, that, there's no, that, there's, that room is not there. That engagement is not there. Whether it's my mother, whether it's my father, it's not there. Because I'll read to you in scripture. If a man cannot live and cleave, he's not yet matured. Because some of you marry babies. One day my parents came within the house. He's like, ah, you have only two kids. You should have a third one. I said, why? Ah, no, no, no. So I just told my dad, I said, that don't, this should be the last time we're having that conversation. Should not have it. Should be the last time. And that was the last time. It's not a suggestion because, number one, you won't train the child for me. Do you understand? Sleeping with my wife and having a baby won't take 10 minutes. I'm not important. That will be the fastest 10 minutes of our life. That might be the costliest 10 minutes we'll pay for for the next 19 years. So how much they are paying for school fees now? Will be under that 10 minutes. That's the 10 minutes that one minute can be costing like 2 million. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So, you have to own the choice. That's where I'm going. I have chosen this man. If this man becomes foolish tomorrow, it's my choice. I don't, do you get my point? If this woman becomes foolish, and this is the number one thing that will stop separation, because what, why a lot of separation come in the, in, the, in the mix is this. When crisis comes, people start like, oh, okay, ah, it's my uncle. He, and everybody's dodging. And sometimes I sit with married couples, I'm asking myself that. Two of you, did you at any time agree that both of you will get married? And they say, yes, sir. So what happened? Eh, sir? No. Did you agree on your choice? And let me tell you, no matter how bad a marital situation is, if both parties own their choices, there's always help. Are you following this? You know, I always tell Sister Mary this. I tell her that, you know what? In this marriage, you're not going anywhere. That if you decide one day, God forbid, something happens, you're packing your bag. As you are packing your bag, I will also be packing my own. When you enter the car, I went. You are not going anywhere. And I always remind her: the kids will go. It will be left with both of us, and both of us are staying till the end of our life. I, do you understand what I'm saying? If there's a problem, we will solve it. That's the mind. 
What am I doing? Owning responsibility. Assuming responsibility. Because let me tell you something. There is no, in quote, better person out there. That better person out there also have their own problems. So when they come, you would have to manage their problems. I tell the story of a beautiful man who married, got separated. The first wife, whoo, immediately you go to the house. We used to go to the man's house to eat. <sighs> Five minutes, food is ready. But then they had issues and then, so later I said, ah, he has married again. He said, okay, no problem. We'll go to this house, my brother, hunger. <laughs> Hung, even the man, hunger is killing the man. Man, we slice onions. Everything is slow motion. Cut fish, slow motion. Cut fish, slow. Why your other wife was fast forward? So when we are going to this house, lit, I'm, I mean, true story. When we are going to this house, literally, we eat food. We just say eat first. Well, you know. But what am I saying? If maybe you felt this woman was too fast, what do you have here? Too slow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Number. Three, the choice of a marriage partner is your sole responsibility and choice. It must not be done in a hurry and out of pressure. The three main people involved in this choice would be God, yourself, and your intending partner. So, the most important person, I'm speaking to you as a child of God, the most important person will be what? God, yourself, and what? And your partner. Okay. This cannot be done by feelings alone. You know a song by Evelyn Presley, right? It feels so right. So right. How can it be wrong? That was one song that Evelyn Presley sang. It feels so right. It feels so right. How can it be wrong? So, your choice of a marriage partner is between God, yourself, and the person you're going to get married to. You're not going to meet a perfect person. Let's clear that. You're not going to meet the one perfect person. But you have to meet someone who is willing to press to perfection. Who's willing to make adjustments. Okay? You know, sometimes you always feel, oh, if I admire this person, my life will be better. No, you don't know what the person who married that person is dealing with. Nobody brings their crisis on, on you know, I mean, publicly. So, everybody, you've got to deal with something. You've, you've just got to deal with something. In the person. So, you have to be ready for that. So, when you are planning to get married, you're not just looking at the sweet side of marriage. You're looking at the challenges you're going to walk through. You've got to give yourself that honest expectation. Okay? You've got to give yourself that honest expectation. There's going to be challenges. Alright? Now, never marry with the promise that the person will change. Or that you will change the person. People don't change easily. Please note that. People do not change easily. So anybody who is saying, I'm going to change this habit when we get married, let the person change the habit first. And then you cannot use your life as an experiment for somebody who wants to change. If, if you think people change easily, why have you not changed? Are there not things you have been trying to change in your life for the past five years? Have you changed? Huh? <laughs> it's not easy to change. Because some of them were born with that nature. Some of them were born like that. We were born that way. Some people detest some things naturally. Okay? Some people don't, they don't like to do some things naturally. I mean, there are ladies who probably don't like housework naturally. Okay? There are guys who don't like housework naturally. Now, do you think that, and I'll tell you something, eh? 
Pay attention to this. Don't miss it. For the sake of love, a man can do certain things. But if that thing is not in his nature, he will get tired. You know that for the sake of love, Jacob worked for 14 years to marry two women. Do you know what it means to work for 14 years? To 14 years, no salary. Your salary was that. In fact, to tell you that Jacob, he married, he worked for seven years. They say, we'll give you one woman. They now gave him the wrong woman. To show you that he really loved that second woman, he worked another seven years to say, you are not my choice. That's how powerful love is. So, a guy, you can tell a guy now that, I don't like this thing you are doing because he loves you. He will stop it. But it does not mean he has changed. What he has done, he has stopped it. You need to find out if that thing really comes out from the inside. Are you following what I'm saying? That's why you see that. If a man loves you, anything you tell him to do, he will do. And that's why sometimes in marriage, you're not here. In those days when he loved me, anything I tell him, the man is tired. He has exhausted the 14 years. He's now... Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not like if he's pretending... Once the hormone of love gets in, and you say, Oh, I don't like you chewing chewing gum. Ah, I don't like chewing gum. You throw chewing gum away. After 20 years, you see chewing gum again. Say, Ah, in those days when I used to chew chewing gum, let me chew one. You just, so, change has to come from the inside. Change has to come. Some things about people, they really might not make that adjustment. Except by the help of the Holy Spirit. So, when you are getting married to someone, you need to find out, can I cope with this, their weakness? And I'm, I'm not talking about sin. Please, do you understand? I'm talking to believers. So, I'm not saying, <laughs> you should not marry somebody who say, I can't stop sleeping. If I, you should not marry that kind of person. I'm talking about little things. Okay? Let's say, the guy is not very organized. Hmm? So when you say, ah, arrange this place, his arrangement is disorganization. That by the time he's done, the whole place, he might likely not get organized. He might likely. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And the tendency of you having a disorganized child is also there because one of the children will take after their father. So you now know that you will deal with disorganization in two generations, with your husband and with your upcoming son. Agree. Don't feel that all your children will be perfect. Let's say the, your guy, the guy you're going at is not very sharp in maths or chemistry. Just know that some of your children will not be in science class. It's not a, do you understand? Do you understand? These are the conversations I like people to have when you're getting married. What are some of the challenges we're going to deal with? And I'm ready for that choice. Let me give you an example. Little example. My wife is a gala. So my wife is Kogi. She's from Kogi. So she's never been to Delta State until we got married. She's never been to this side. So when I was getting married to her, two responsibilities I assumed. Number one, I knew that my aunties and people around me would want to force her to adapt to the Delta culture. I was ready. That was a no-no. So the first time she came, ah, you have to tie her up. She's not used to tie her up. Just leave her like that. Second thing was, she has to cook Delta food. I said, listen, the day I chose to marry her, I also told myself, this is the end. That's why when I go to Delta, I eat all the Delta food I can. Because I, so it's choice. It's, do you understand? It's not as if she cannot. But listen, if I'm bringing this girl all the way from this side, I'm not going to give her added pressure trying to 
for some people it works. I'm giving my example. I just say, listen, you don't have to tie to rapper. You don't have. And then I have to also assume the responsibility that my children will not speak any language. You know, my children don't have any language. It's English. <laughs> I mean, you know, people, people ah, your children can't speak Isoko. <laughs> they can't speak Igala. Uh-uh, we are, they speak English. Can you hear what they say? Yes, that's fine. Let's move on. Do you understand? It's you have to tell yourself the truth that you might have children who have no, no you know, some days ago my kids were asking me, ah, we want to learn one language. I said, please tell your mother. Because I'm not I'm not going to teach language, it's not part of my purpose. Oh, it's it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Do I like it when I walk into some people's house and I hear their children speaking all kinds of native language? Fantastic. I've died to that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Is is the session practical enough? These are the things you must ask yourself. If you marry someone, boss, eh? you're marrying someone from Bonny, you should tell yourself that when they have family occasion, you cannot say she's not coming. She will have, because they will say, ah, is it, is it not from Finima to enter bike now? We're waiting for you. You will have to deal with that. It's unlike somebody who married somebody from afar. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't wish those things away. Know that these things will come and prepare for them because these are the little things that start bringing crisis. The next thing you start hearing, ah, when she was not married, she used to come to the house. So, now, nah, now. Nah. Do you get it? Can't marry someone from another language. You have to find out which language will these children speak. Who would take the patience to teach them? Imagine me teaching my children language that I'm traveling and doing all the time. You know, I've even lost my language a bit because it's only my mom that speaks the language with me. You, do you get what I'm trying to say? So it's your choice. Own it. That's where I'm trying to go. Don't make a choice and try to blame someone tomorrow. So when you make a choice, what are the things that comes with this choice? If I marry this woman, what are the things that will come with... Maybe you marry a lady who is not very educated. You've got to deal with that. There are certain times her status will contain English that makes you cringe. She might improve. But tell yourself, if she doesn't improve, are you fine with that? Hello? Or you now marry a lady who is very intelligent and you are not so intelligent. You will know that some of the English you will speak, you might not understand. You will just have to say, yes, I'm, I'm following. And be fine with it. You might marry a lady who might end up richer than you. It will come with what? Consequences. Are you following this? So these things are... I, sometimes we're not so practical with these things. When we have fallen in love, we just feel love will cover everything. Love covers a multitude of sin, but these things are conversations you need to... And that's why for me, when people are in relationship, have these conversations. Have, the, have these difficult conversations. Have these difficult conversations. Okay, number what? Number four. Number... Uh-uh. No, no, I did number three now. Right? The choice of a marriage partner is your soul. I'm still in number three. Good. Okay, have I said never marry with the promise that the person will change? Okay, number five now. Right? If, if your framework and parameters are set from the onset, it will be a bit easier to know who you can marry and who you cannot marry. 
Now, please, this is where I really, really, really want to hit home. Partly. When I say parameters, always think purpose and eternal parameters. Don't always think size and shape. Those things are subject to change. <laughs> huh? So, let me go. If your framework and parameters are set from the onset, it will be a bit easier to know who you can marry or who you cannot marry. So, what are your parameters? What, what are you looking for in a man you want to marry? What are you looking for in a woman you want to marry? So, let me use myself as an example. Three things I, I look for, or you know, like I'm looking for, <laughs> that I looked for. Number one, I wanted someone who would serve God without encouragement. That's, that's for me was big, a big deal. I didn't want somebody to encourage to read the Bible, encourage to pray. Yee. That was for me was big. Number two, I was looking for somebody who was homely, who liked to stay at home. It was easy to tell Sister Mary to drop her career and just stay with the kids. It was easy because she was homely. She worked, we're married for 14 years. I think she worked for only about four years, thereabouts, before she came in full-time with me. So even when she was with me in terms of full-time ministry. We didn't have as much resource as we had, but we just believed God together. We knew that this was what God wanted. And then, she's not somebody who will see... So let's say, for instance, now, Stamari is not somebody who will see Awosika, hmm? the lady who is in charge of First Bank. And I'm like, wow, see woman. Hmm, these are women. <laughs> do, you, do, you get, do you get... So, it's, it's, it's not like... That lady is a bad example. I don't know if you get what I'm saying, but she's just fine with her kids. That's why you can see that sometimes I can travel. Sometimes, one year, she has not left here. She's just here. And she's happy. She's not like... <laughs> I remember one time, I was going to Dubai. And I was telling someone about it. That, oh, I was going to Dubai next month. And then the person's like, oh, is she going with you? I said, no. She said, oh, okay. Uh, we'll buy a ticket for her so that she can go with you. So I was like, I'm not sure she will go. So I asked her, they want to buy a ticket for you. Do you want to go? It's like Dubai. Ah, how many hours? Six hours. Ah. Ah, four will come climb plane. I beg. I'm not going. She, do you understand? And if it is some people, they're like, are we, are we leaving now? So it's, she travels. She, but she's not, she's just fine. Just being at home and everything. And then later we have to make that trip. If you want her to travel, you have to tell her a long time. She have to plan. Me, you can tell if I finish teaching her, you tell me that, oh, there's a plane there that uh, they are going to Australia today. Even without soap. Like, okay, where is, just, where is my passport? I'm gone. Do you understand? If I get to hotels, I don't feel strange. I'm at home. It's my DNA. I like to travel. So imagine somebody getting married to me who does not like a husband who travels. Do you think there will be conflict in the marriage? What, but you realize that at a point you might not know that that's why the conflict is there. That you are chaining the man. Say, but I give him peace. The man says, it's not peace I want. I want to enter a car. Do, do you get my point? So, these are the conversations you should have. So, the time you're going out with somebody, these are the things you need to just know. One of the things that was giving us crisis a little bit early in our marriage was the fact that 
You know, I'm big on people fulfilling purpose. I'm big on potential. So very early in, in, life, in our marriage, I was like, what's your purpose? What's your potential? You've got to... One day just go, my potential is to serve you. <laughs> you know, I was like, hey, I know, but... You know, but at the point, the Holy Spirit... And I'll get to there, get to that point. Sometimes it's the Holy Spirit that will teach you certain things about the person you're going out with. That's why relationship with God works. So at the point, the Holy Spirit is going to teach me and just allowing her. Imagine after getting married for... 14 years. It's just this year she's been ordained as a pastor. Can you imagine? And she can teach more than most pastors that I know. But you see, it just took her time. It just took her time. But imagine maybe from day one, I wanted her to function in the office of a pastor. Right? Even though it's her purpose, I would have rushed her when it was not timing. So you've got to understand all of this, right? Okay. So what are your parameters? What are your framework? Not just shape. A bulky lady can become slim tomorrow. A slim lady can become bulky tomorrow. Well, a short lady will never grow tall. But with high heels, she can add a bit of extension. But what I'm just trying to say is, you know, I went home. I was in Warriover this weekend and I picked a few photographs of Sister Mary when she was in school. How dazzling she was looking. Awesome, young, sweet, 18. You know, so I was showing her. You see, the truth of the matter is that that girl, that boy you are head over heels with will become a grandmother. So in your mind, look at that man with white hair on his head. The breast will fall. Through your efforts and the efforts of the children, by the time both of you handle the breast, it will come down. Everything will, your own face that you are, ah, it will come down. So think of the future. I'm usually very futuristic in my thinking. Put white hair on that person's, on that girl's head. Eh? Put shrink screen. Mm? Drop the breast. Make her ass flat. Make sure her leg is shaking and ask yourself, can I stay with this person? Forget about today. It's just a matter of time. Five, ten years down the line, all of us. Yeah, I didn't have gray hair starting. But you know, the gray hairs are here now. I wasn't wearing glasses. And I wear glasses. Samuel wasn't wearing glasses when I got married to her. Now she's wearing. Who my kids are wearing. Do you understand? See, have honest conversation. You see, that's my appeal. Love is sweet. It's fantastic. It gets better as the day goes by. Have these conversations. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There will be times where wig will no longer settle on the hair. There is nowhere to pin the wig. The guy might have bad head inherent. After 20 years, there will be nothing to barb anymore. Just find out, will I still be okay? <laughs> Do you get it? So, don't just get caught up with the whole today. Have this conversation. Now, you understand I'm not putting fear in your heart, right? I'm just telling you, have this honest conversation. And it will make the journey interesting. It will make the journey interesting. What are your parameters? Let me show you something. Let me give you a scripture. Proverbs 30, 18. Let me show you something. Proverbs 30, 18. I'm not sure I'll be able to finish this today. Uh, let's see. But are you learning something? Yeah, Proverbs 30, 18. Blessed are your ears for hearing this truth. Marriage is fantastic. It's beautiful. You'll enjoy it. Uh, no, no, this is not. Okay. This is not what I wanted, but we can read it though. 
No, let me let me read something else for you. Then we would uh, come here. Let, uh, we'll read this one. Write it down. But let's read Proverbs thirty-one thirty. This is what fits into what I'm teaching now. Verse twenty-nine. Many daughters have done nobly. Observe that many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. So there are many good people. Do you understand? As you are now, there might be eight good guys around you. There might be ten good ladies around you. The one that excels them all is the one you have chosen. That's your choice. Let me tell you something. The fact that this guy marries this lady does not mean all other ladies in the world are bad. That's your choice. And don't have this thing that there are scarcity of bad people, except you are a bad person. Scarcity of good people, except you are a bad person. There are good people. Don't feel oh, there are no good men anymore. That's your problem. There are good people. I never had that mindset that oh, there are no good women, or all women like his money. I throw all those things away. Hmm? Anytime you think of marriage, think of a good thing. Just tell yourself all the time, I'll marry a great man. I'll marry a great, a great woman. You okay? Don't approach it from fear. Let me go quickly. Look at this. It says, Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. So in those three, in that verse, you will see three parameters. What are the parameters? Number one, charm. Hmm? Number two, beauty. What's number three? The fear of the Lord. So what I'm trying to say is that there are parameters. One of the things I, this is me personally, one of the things I never did was to have physical parameters. I didn't have physical parameters. Like, oh, maybe I can only marry from this region. I, can, I, I really did not have physical, because sometimes physical parameters can have a way from guiding you from good people. So people just tell themselves, for instance, I can't marry a very tall girl. Alright? So a good tall girl might come around just because of the height. They now start looking until they don't marry a short devil. <laughs> do you understand that? Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't have... I mean, you should have... I'm not saying you should not be attracted to the person you're married to. Of course, there should be that physical attraction. But, you know, most times, we always put physical more than eternal things. So if you look at that place, it says charm and beauty. But it says the one who fears the Lord. That's internal. That's inside. That's internal. You know, sometimes eh, to have a good marriage, you might be able to, let's say you are called into business. Maybe one of the greatest support you need, I'll not be able to finish this, we'll, we'll continue when next we have a meeting. But maybe one of the greatest things you need is a woman who can endure. Because maybe before your business will pick up, there will be a lot of failure. A lot of failure. A lot of failure. Do you understand? And you just have this woman that can hold the force. But you know, many times we don't look for that endurance. Do you get the... Do you hear what I'm trying to say? Might not, might not be something you pick easily. So you should have your parameters. What are you looking at? What are you looking for? One of the things I chose in when I was talking with Mary, one of the conversations we'd have was with, with my giving. Um, I give. So the conversations we just have was, see, when it comes to giving, 
is a non-negotiable aspect of my life. It's not... And she was like... I, I was in a meeting in South Africa. And they were raising money for partnership. And I, I wanted to give my whole salary. No, of course, when you're married, you have to have that discussion with your wife. But I just texted her that I feel led though that we should give her whole salary. She was like, okay, it's fine. You can go ahead. I mean, at that time, we didn't have enough. We have given stuff. So giving for me, so I wanted a woman who could understand that dimension. Then I like people coming around. I like to help people. So hospitality was big for me. And those around her know she's hospitable. Are you hearing that? Hospitality is big. So there are certain things you should look for based on, for instance, if you are into business, you need to Maybe probably look for a woman who understands a bit of prudence and management. You know, so you, you should just have your parameters. So you are not just blindly anybody who comes. There are little things you should just, oh, this would help me, this would help me. This person will understand that. So very early, you can know a conversation to take further and a conversation not to take further. I didn't do try a lock with my relationship at all. I didn't. But I had two relationships. The first one would have worked out. My parents were not in support of that, so we broke. And the second was I married. There was no... And the first one is still in our ministry to today. So it wasn't a relationship where you had chattered people's hearts that when two of you see each other, you don't greet each other. She still comes for our meetings. In fact, everybody, everybody I grew up with then in our ministry knew, oh, this was the person Bishop wanted to marry. I mean, clear courts is not um, hide and seek backyard. They will not chase you. They ah, I see her slippers for your door. I mean, what kind of childish thing is that? At your age, at, at your at this age, you shouldn't have relationships that are questionable. You are bigger than that. Are you following what I'm saying? Straightforward. I, I'm thinking of getting out, going out with this person. I'm thinking of marrying this person. We're going to give ourselves six months if we work out. Mature conversation. Samari's dad is a military man. When Samari went home and told her I want to marry a guy from Delta, the, guy, the man said, no, I can never marry a Delta boy. Ah, That's where God comes in. We, we had prayed about it. We sensed that God wanted us to marry. So I just told her that, see, see, we'll pray on this matter for six months. After six months, your father does not agree. It will pain me, but we'll have to just find our level. Because... I'm not going to keep my life on hold waiting for one man to decide whether I'm good enough in that sense. We didn't know what the father, but I'm just putting, do you know, because there are some people who will just linger, linger, linger. Two years, say, my man never grew, we still be on the matter. Which matter? Two years? They now realize the mother now died. Now they will know whether my man grew before he died. I, do you know, I mean, people just, I, <laughs> Do you, are you going somewhere with your life? There are certain things that you should just do, get sorted, and keep moving. I'm still talking to my father. It's one year. Even if we're saving ancestors, we should have appeased them. If you need to have a... So, I mean, and funny enough, God, in fact, miraculously, I think some of you have heard the story. I was preaching in a church in Abuja, finished preaching. And I was talking to some of the guys, and he was like, Oh, I'm from so 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 place. I'm not like, Ah, hey, is your sister wants to marry that the father is not agreeing? Say, Ah, the man took his own transport, traveled to the village, told the, my, my father in law that, You know what? I know this man, he's our pastor. He's like, that's how the father agreed. That's where you see God was in the matter. And that's how we got married. 
Are you following this? So, there are things you should not allow to linger. If you know you have your parameters set and everything, engage the parents. Have the parents' content, your pastoral content. Just engage it. Let's, let's look at that. So, set your parameters, okay? Then don't set parameters that are, don't say, I won't marry somebody until I said there are any one million. You know, there's any parameters you set and you just keep yourself then at the end of the day now you'll not be looking for anybody that comes. You know, when you're driving hmm, and there are filling station in town, say buy here, you say you will not buy. Buy here, you say you will not buy. Buy here, you say let's buy now. Then you now drive out of town and realize that there's no more filling, there's no more fuel. Eh? There's no more gas station. You know you now use that is use gallon to bring for you. Don't do that. It's not everybody who is coming here. You are not my type. You are not my type. You are not my type. When you now go to certain estate, you will now be saying anybody who comes. That's why you see people sometimes, my people are wondering what happened. They walked out of their generation to the next generation to marry. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So that you don't marry your father's age. Six. Getting romantically involved is likely to happen if you spend a great deal of time with someone of the opposite sex one-on-one. Especially if it's not work-related or task-related, the casual moments, the gist, the chats, what I call increased sight and sound. Okay? So, you, you have to watch this. Okay? You can have friends of the opposite sex. It's fantastic. It's good to be able to interrelate with all sex. But just know that romantic affections can develop when there's increased sight and sound. Okay? So, it's very easy. When you talk with someone at odd hours, when every normal person who is working has stopped working, that's when your conversation starts. Eh? You know what I'm talking about. Once you have those... Or, let me read scripture for you. Proverbs 38. Because all of you are looking straight now like I came from Mass. Proverbs 38. There are three things which are too wonderful for me. Four which I do not understand. This is Solomon, the wisest king of all. He says, the way of an eagle in the sky. The way of a serpent on the rock. The way of a sheep in the middle of the sea. And the way of a man with a maid. New Living Translation says, how a man loves a woman. Solomon says, it's too much for my understanding. If it's too much for Solomon's understanding, it will also be too much for your understanding. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, don't trust yourself. Don't say, I know myself. No. Solomon says, he does not understand how a man loves a woman. He's too high. So, this is what I always tell everybody. If you are not ready to go further, know the boundary. Because, if you cross those boundaries consistently, your emotions will go before your logic. And once you are falling in love, everything you see will be good. Are you following what I'm saying? So, this person you're friends with, especially of the opposite sex, are you ready? If that happens, will you say yes? If the answer is yes, then it's fine. If it is no, then just ensure. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Just ensure. Then sometimes it's good to have conversations very early. Because we used to, in school, we used to have those who we call car wash. Eh, they will just be going out with someone. Hmm? And they think that, ah, this person likes me. And that's why 
when you are adults at this age, every one of you, have clear conversations on time. And like I always tell people who are close to me, it's you that knows what you are feeling. Do you understand? Don't, don't speak for the other person. You might say, ah, there is nothing. And that person in their mind feels there is everything. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, as an adult, have that conversation. If you feel there is nothing, yeah, have that conversation. So that you don't, that other person doesn't feel, I think we, um, is it boys or girls now? I don't know which one feels, you know, but you can just be friends with somebody and nothing attached and that person is already writing a poem in their head for you. Hmm? And I'm saying this, it's, I don't want to say it's an open conversion, but I think it was a mistake I made very early in, in, in my school days. I'm very friendly, I'm very playful, I can play, I can do, and it was when I got to final year that I realized a lot of people just thought that I liked them. I'm like, ah! In fact, one of me and my friend had one bet. There was one of my friends then called Chica. She's in Lagos. She's married now. My friend came and said, you must marry Chica. I said, what happened? She said, Chica thinks you like how? I'm like, like. Like that, what happened? I told myself, in school, I'm not getting married to anybody. I'm not liking anybody. Youth service, the same thing. In fact, because of the way I acted in youth service, when I asked Sister Mary out, everybody in their room said, don't marry him. I was deliberate that girls would not like me. It was deliberate. I didn't want to. I didn't trust myself. I knew the law of Solomon. So, I wasn't doing all those, check this sister. I was not checking anybody. I was, in fact, many people didn't know I was very, the way I was, spiritual and everything. I just did my stuff and everything. So, when I asked Sister Mary out, all the people say, no, you can't marry this guy. I was like, oh, I've had a conversation with him. He's a good guy. He said, this one, you know, don't just set yourself up. Hmm? That's why at this age, you need to learn to develop responsibility. There are some gifts you should reject. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, I want to just buy this phone for you. Is there a reason why? No, 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 just to make calls. This one is still okay. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so that you do now feel obliged that, ah, this person bought phone. How if I now say no? Then you now arrest your future for Samsung XI. You know, by the time <laughs> your marriage turns upside down, you will tell yourself a laptop is not worth it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And guys, to when you are giving gifts, if you are sowing seeds, so let God reward you. Don't now sow and reap. I don't understand it. You buy something for someone, you now want to... You know, I don't know why you are doing that. It's wickedness. See, let me tell you something. Eh? It's manipulation to try to give people gifts so they will fall in love with you. You are manipulating them emotionally. It's manipulation. Because you know that there is a way you would... And for me, I didn't do many gifts until she said yes. Because I, there were no, there's not going to be invoice for those things in my future. So I didn't uh, all those... Uh, do, do, uh, I want to know if your hand is tight. My hand is open, but it's only open to who says yes. If you say yes, then you see the open hand. If you don't say yes, the hand, the way applies to everybody. I'm a very weird person. I remember one time we went out to my friends. This girl, this go out, the girls, the guys. We went there, we bought Five Alive. Then Five Alive was 300. So they bought the drink. Cool, chill, Five Alive. He, he was not pinching me that I had the girls you drink. I said, for what? Ah, 
Do you know when last I took five alive? This five alive is, I mean, we will drink this thing. He said, oh, the girl, my face, no matter what she's feeling, we will drink this five alive together. How can we be here, I've not drank five alive in one year, then I watch somebody just drinking five alive, then I'll say, I'm okay. I can't be okay. I'm not okay. How can I be okay? It's not, it's not okay. Do you understand? Don't get into a relationship with pretense. Are you following what I'm saying? You're coming from a home where you're not well-to-do. You're not pretending you are well-to-do. No! If the person doesn't love you in your state, it's not worth it. If you are staying in a bachelor, you can marry. In fact, there are married men in bachelor. Some of you, your parents are in bachelor. So, I mean, this is where I'm staying now. This is not where I'll stay forever. But this is where I'm staying now. We can make progress from here. If I tell you how we got married, you'll be shocked. Early days of our marriage, we didn't have mattress. We would put a blanket and put all our clothes and lie down. But you know one thing that made Stamari say yes to me? Honesty. Honest conversation. I don't have anything. Oh, this is where we'll stay. This is, and we, I mean, today God has blessed us extremely. But there was a consciousness of a future. There was a consciousness of a vision. Now, there was the... Uh, how will I call it now? Uh, trying to Even though I didn't have anything, there were signs that I would have something. So there were no signs of laziness. That's what I want to say. So it's not like you have no vision, you have no work ethic, then you are just saying manage with me. Nobody will manage your idiocy with you. Are you following what I'm saying? You've, there, there have to be signs that this guy is going somewhere or this lady is going somewhere. Alright? Okay. Um... So, you, you watch that, okay? You build boundaries. And the reason is this. Let me explain this to you because you're all at this age now. The reason is this, right? Let's say we're in a church like this. M- many people might be... Let me, okay, let me use anybody as an example. But you see, many people might want to go out with you or ask you out. If you are connected with someone and there is no relationship, you actually... So, let me put it this way. I want to put it right. A lot of men block ladies from getting married because they act like they are guys around them and meanwhile they don't want to marry them. So other guys feel like, oh, they are together. And then they are not together. Before you know this one gets married, these people have chosen every, and then you are left alone. So when you don't have a relationship with a person, there is a free kick Space that 10 centimeter you must always have with them so that anybody who wants to play football is free to play football. Don't attach yourself to them that everybody feels oh, there's something going on with this person, and then tomorrow there's nothing going on and you are left alone. So you have to always keep that boundary. And one of the ways to do that is don't single out one person to be close friends with. Okay, a lot of girls in my school made that mistake. I mean, they're just close to this person and this person. Anybody just thought they are? Let me tell you the truth. At your age now, eh? As all of us are here. If you are very close to somebody, there's nothing you want us to think again. You people are not playing football. Eh? Is that, why are they thinking like that? Can I not just be friends at your age? No, let's be honest now. What do you think? Am I lying? Eh? Telema. Telema. What do you think? Am I right or wrong? 
I'm not right. I'm not right. Okay. <laughs> How many of you think I'm right or I'm wrong? So, but the truth of the matter is that you've got to create that space. You've got to. And one of the ways to also do it is to engage several people. When I mean engage several people, it's good to have friends. Because sometimes in your dealing with people, you understand people. You can't understand people just by reading. So let's say if I'm not friends with him, if I'm not friends with him, if I'm not friends with him, I'll never get to understand. But you understand what I'm trying to say. There are boundaries, there are places, so you're not sending a wrong signal out. That's big. That's key. In your workplace, hmm? at your workplace, everywhere, you're not saying, especially if you are in that space of wanting to get married. If you are in that space, that's important. If you are in that space, okay. Uh, let me just add a seven point here. I think we'll do another meeting next month. Eh? We'll find a, a meeting next month so that I'll finish this. I've not even gone half of my stuff. Let's do. Let's do seven. Ask honest questions. Ask honest questions. Ask honest questions. Alright? Ask honest questions. I always say this, like if you take a madman to a nice restaurant and the AC is working, you buy nice food for them and you say, do you love me? What do you think the reply would be? Yes. yes. So ask honest questions, okay? Ask very honest questions. There's a place you get to in who to get married that you need to have very honest questions. Let me give you three or four honest questions you can ask. Number one, ask them. How was your parents' marriage? How was your parents' marriage? Ask them. If they say beautiful, then tell them. Honest. Give me an honest. Say, oh, it wasn't good. What did you not like about your parents' marriage? This is what you're going to find out. If the person is honest with you, they're going to bring out what they hate either about their father or their mother, that thing you have to make sure has been dealt with. That thing has to make sure has been dealt with. Hmm? If that thing is not dealt with, it will... Let me... Uh, because I wanted to ask questions. Let me just say this quickly. In, in um, chiropractors, right? Open a stand-up. Let me show you an example. Everybody look up. Now, when you meet the, the body, I'm not a medical person. So, I always say that before medical people will hear me that I'm not correct. But your body absorbs pains. So, your body is designed to absorb pains. Now, if, uh, if the pain is much in this part of the body, your body can distribute the pain load to this point 
Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Now, if you meet a good chiropractor, if they are doing something here, you will begin to feel the pain here. I don't know if you understand. Okay, let me give you an example. You will understand the way you are looking at me now. See, how many of you have had maybe fever? And then the fever didn't come out. Then you had something around here that came out. And they said, oh, it was because maybe you had fever. Or, well. Now, if they don't deal with what they hated about their parents' marriage, it might masquerade as something. And when you're trying to deal with that, you don't know the real source of hurt. So let me give you an example. A, a girl who grew up in an abusive home where the father is not res, res, um, wasn't responsible and all of that might resent your headship in the home. She does not have a problem with you being head, but she's reacting to the first head she grew up under. She was like feeling, my mother was too quiet, that's why my father did this to my mother. I will not be quiet for any man. My brother, if that is not dealt with, eh? It will be, you talk one, I talk one. You talk, and you will feel like, but this lady is quiet. Yes, she is. But there is a foundational issue she's dealing with. So you need to ask people, and I'll tell you this, true confession, the Holy Spirit helped me to deal with it. There was some aspect of my mom that, yeah, I wasn't too pleased with as a... As a as a child growing up. So I felt my dad, listen to this, I'm telling you this, and it took the Holy Spirit to reveal this to me. It's not something I read from a book. So when I first got married, there were certain boundaries I just put for Sister Mary. One day I was praying, and the Holy Spirit told me, say, listen, you're treating her like your mother. And if you keep treating her like that, in a bid for her to develop a tough skin to accommodate you, she will become like her. I had to repent. Because here was this innocent girl I brought home. And be, because this is what happened. You want to prevent this man from becoming like your father. So you just say, I will not. Do you get? Now, the man will like, uh uh-uh. So after a while, you say, eh, hey, so. And then the man now develops. You must submit. Then trouble has said, I said it. You are saying you said it. But it was your insecurity that caused it. So, if you're going to marry, have that conversation. What is it about your mother you did not like? Oh, this is this. Then you now ask the second question. How do you think if we get married, that will not repeat itself? What are your fears? What do you think we can do? Do you get what I'm trying to say? You should have that conversation. There are, people who, there are people whose parents separated and they have the fear that they would separate. They, don't just, they just feel like, you have to deal with it. Why do you think, yeah, because my parents stayed for a very long time. I was not expecting them. What do you think made your parents to separate? Some people don't even know. Some adults don't know why their parents were separated. Are you following what I'm saying? And they just live with that. Come on, is somebody following what I'm saying? Have that honest conversation. You know, there are people who just feel that they will not have child, children. Yeah, I mean, I talked to, I was praying for one girl one time. I was like, what are you trusting God for? He said, I just have this fear that I will not have children. Are you married? No. 
Are you in a relationship? No. Imagine carrying that chronic fear into a marriage relationship and you're struggling to have children, not knowing that she's been dealing with that. So have that con- honest conversation. Then, what do you like about your parents' marriage? Okay, I didn't like this, I like this. How can we cultivate that? Are you following what I'm trying to say? So, you, you've got to deal with that. So, I talked about it in, 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 in Church of Sunday uh, this morning. Nature, nurture, and culture. The kind of environment people were raised would affect them. So have a conversation. How you grew up. You know, if somebody grows, grows up in a tough home where things are, he can go, get into stinginess. person can manage and manage and manage and what should be enjoyment, he calls it waste. So you have to have that conversation. Honest conversation. Okay? So if people also grew up from a lavish home, where there are no budget and no control, once you start putting budget, it feels like you are restricting them. Have that conversation. Are you following what I'm saying? So have a conversation. How was that growing up? How did they relate with their dad? Okay? How, how did they relate with their mom? So those things will help you to be able to know. A, a, a lady who relates so well with her dad can be a lot... A, I'm not saying it's not fact. I'm just saying it could be easier for you to deal and work with with, with that person. Alright? Because they're already used to like a father figure. They're used to mentorship. They're used to control. They're used to saying, uh, they, uh, let me not use the word control, but they're just used to a father figure saying, hey, you can do this, you can do that, you can do this. This will not work for you. Now, what happens for some of those people is that God brings them under a spiritual father who now plays that role and helps them to get out of that. Same for boys. If a boy wasn't raised so well, maybe in a home where there was no control, the boy would, this is what you find out, when you marry that person, you realize that they don't listen to anybody. Hmm? So even though they are married now, they will commit offense. They will say, report me. Who you feel report me, give. Because in their whole life, there was nobody who could call them and say, hey, sit down, and they sat down. So if you get married to such a person, what you realize is that if there is crisis in the marriage, for instance, they don't believe in, in, a, in an accountable figure. If you now report them to um, your pastor, for instance, what are they going to say? If you report them to the pastor, what are they going to say? I'm not going to that church again. So you've got to find out, how was your relationship with your father? You say, oh, there was no good relationship. You want to have that conversation. So who do you respect? Who can you call? Who can I call that can speak to you? You want to find out. Do they have that over their life? How, which point are we in dealing with this? Honest conversation. Alright? Honest conversation. Alright, let's pray. Our time is gone. Father, thank you. Call everyone blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, let's find let's find a Sunday next Sunday and finish this conversation I'm still let's take questions can we take can we take quick questions we can close by 7 right are the buses still coming just one okay can we take questions okay, let, does anybody have a quick question you can ask without the mic we're not so much but if the mic is working it's fine but how many of you were blessed? Was it good? Was it a good session? All right. Okay.
Amen. Okay. Father, <laughs> uh, well, thank you very much for this uh, uh, wonderful session. Okay, I have two questions. Okay. Uh, let me go with this one first. Don't single out a person to be close to. I, I know you were talking about the opposite sex to be close to when it comes to relationship. Mm-hmm. So, my question there is, uh, some of us had a very difficult upbringing. Uh, difficult, I won't call it difficult anyway. Um, when it comes to uh, the religious aspect, I think from they don't go close to the opposite sex and you grew up with that. So, you, you are very, very... You, really avoid women the way your upbringing is, the yeah. church is, and the rest of them. So yeah. it's very difficult to associate with the opposite sex. So in this, in this case, how do you mingle with the opposite sex very well and then start choosing from the pool of them? Okay. <laughs> I like the word pool of them. <laughs> the truth of the matter is that, I, I, I really, please, I want you to get my heart here. I'm not, I'm not can we put off that mic? Okay. Now, get my heart in this conversation, right? So get my heart here, right? I'm not saying you can't be close to one person. I hope you, you guys understand what I'm saying. I'm just saying that don't be close to that one person in such a way that everybody thinks that both of you are in a relationship where there is no relationship. That's what I mean. But I hope you get what I'm trying to say. You can be close to people because if you are not close to people, how will you choose? How will you know them? But let's say we are all here now and you are just close to one particular individual. In fact, if they ask anybody around you people that, ah, this person, they'll say, oh, it's this person. And meanwhile, there is nothing ongoing. What I'm just trying to say is that that might stop even people who really want to ask you out, especially for ladies. It can stop people from asking you out because they just feel... I mean, we're, we're Christians, we're believers. If you're already going out with somebody, why will I go and, you know, ask them out? So, that's what I'm referring to here. But if you... There's no how you are functioning in the local church or at work that you not relate to the opposite sex. In your department, you would have the opposite sex. In your... Yeah, it's just there. Me, for instance, I went to boys' school, all through. I didn't go to a mixed school. It was in university, I started mixing up. My... My, all my secondary school were, were, okay, I think, I think my senior secondary, then I went to a middle school, but my first secondary school years were all guys' school. So, it's not, sometimes it's not even religious upbringing that makes you not to mix with people. Sometimes the kind of school you went to, for me, I went to all boys' school. We didn't have girls around. So, but anyhow, you always find a way, if, what Solomon cannot understand won't be difficult for you. You would always find a way to mix around, but your units, your work, you would always find people there. You know, to to mix around. Yeah. Second question. Okay, my second question is uh, um, in the aspect of like getting married, and I think um, sitting here and sitting here and um, hearing these whole teachings is is a whole new experience for me. This is because um, I've had other people to teach this, and I, I, I believe that this is how I want it to be. 
that uh, if you want to start up, you want to get married, don't start in the single room as a guy. No, you have to just get maybe a two rooms because when you start having kids, people will come to visit and then just, you know, privacy at all. So I have that in my consciousness. No, I'm not going to start single. So uh, uh, it kind of, and I, 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 people around me started that same way too. I mean, my elder ones. Yeah, they, they, they lived two-bedroom flat, one-bedroom flat, before, even before they got married. And I, it was like a standard for, for me growing up. So, in this, in this sense, one <laughs> is the correct one. Because hearing from your experience, too, it, it makes the whole law balance that you, won't, you shouldn't have, you, you mustn't have everything. So, one, I, I, can, I can decide to maybe work on that standard and, and stay and wait and wait and wait and wait, probably... And then it's, it's very simple. No two people are the same. Yeah, there are things you can afford. There are people who got married, they already had a car. If I was waiting before I had a car to get married, I got a car five years ago. So imagine, my marriage would have been five years. Do you understand? There are no standards for anybody. This is what I just feel. Have enough resources that when you are bringing in someone's daughter, you are able to look after them. It's basic, okay? You are not struggling to eat. You are able to look after them. You have a decent accommodation where you can stay. I think for me it's fine. I really don't... Maybe because of the way I also started. I didn't start from where I had parents who laid a whole lot of you know, resources for me. Um, let's say... The way I got married might not likely be the way Carrie's get married. If Carrie's getting married, the chances of me being able to buy a car for him is high. Do you understand? So for him, starting low would be the fact that his father gave him one car. That would be for him. Do you understand? So you so I always tell people this which generation are you? Sometimes you are a foundation generation. You are the one trying to break that poverty stuff in your family. The decisions you will make have to be peculiar to you. you. You get my point. So, there should just be enough resources. It's not like you get married and you are hungry. But to now say it must be two bedroom, it must be three bedroom. There's nothing that even says if you get married you must give birth that year. It's all these ones are pressure. They are pressure. You know after, I mean, so saying if you get, I don't know, but people have that. And sometimes those things stop people from getting married when they should. And if care is not taken, that's why we have all this culture of cohabiting. Before you know, the same person who cannot pay bride price in one room has six children. So what are you saying? Do you understand? I just feel, for instance, if you want to get married, you can get a self-contained to give, that's me, to give you a bit of privacy you know, your kitchen, everything is there. It's fantastic. And then you trust God. You are growing. Your life is not going to end there. Okay? Look at where I stay today and where we started from miles apart. Alright? Okay. Any other question? Yeah. Um, should age be a factor to be Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng 
or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.